I mean, in the first episode, a big chat was who would play you at different fictive levels. <laughs> Obviously, Adam, yours would be Kenneth Branagh at every level. <laughs> Hashtag Google fail. I think so, yeah. And I think what we're finding here is the perils of only having one other TV DNA host on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, is he excited? No, not remotely. This podcast was recorded remotely and contains adult themes and language. Hello and welcome to TV DNA The Watchlist. My name is Adam Hemming and last week I had four co-hosts with me. This week I've got just the one. You might say we've gone from feast to famine, except that one co-host is the wonderful Grace Chapman. Hello. How you doing, Grace? Oh, I'm I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just cleaning out my kitchen at the moment, full full deep clean. Yeah, there's stuff that predates COVID and in the back of the cupboards, which is just just not a great feeling. But you know, new kitchen means more more bake off action, maybe. I can't bake. <laughs> but I but I definitely have a dream of sitting in the new kitchen while someone bakes for me. Oh, perfect. Even yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How are you? Yeah, good. Very good. Uh, had a lovely Father's Day, although I got bought some uh, underpants because I was I was short of pants, except they were XXL size. <laughs> and I have put on a little bit of weight, but not not quite that much. <laughs> oh, wear them as a cape. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did go to put them on my head, which is normally what I do when I've got new, new pants, but I could, literally could have worn them as a scarf. <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about TV. Now, we promised our listeners last week that our watch list uh, shows this week would be Black Mirror and Best Interests. We were going to cover two. But so good are those shows that we've decided we're going to do specials on Black Mirror and also a special on Best Interests with a very, very special guest. So we're not going to talk huge amounts about those shows today, but let's cover how we've enjoyed them so far so where are you up to with with Black Mirror? I've just seen the first episode and I know that the rest of the TV DNA gang have have, have powered ahead but I did really enjoy it I was a bit apprehensive about Black Mirror as I think I have every right to be because I do just find it incredibly unsettling and stressful but I feel like the first episode it was like fun Black Mirror and I, I just love the cast. Yeah, it's great. I, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I'll, I'll, I'll sort of slowly plod through, I think. What did you think? Yeah, that first episode is definitely the lightest, but I think <laughs> one of my favourite ones of this season. I've watched all five of them and I think it is a really, really strong season. Really glad to have Black Mirror back. They are all, I think, brilliant and well worth watching. But yeah, that first one, much lighter than it does get quite dark I got away with it one series what I'm really glad about with Black Mirror already is after even the first episode like me and my boyfriend were chatting about it for quite a long time afterwards sort of talking about you know if it could come true and how that would feel and the morals of that and I mean in the first episode a big chat was who would play you at different fictive levels (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Obviously, Adam, yours would be Kenneth Branagh at every level. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, who would it be for you? Well, I mean, I just had to go with tall women 
on the screen. And luckily for me, they're all incredible. So, oh no, I guess I had to go for Hannah Waddingham. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it's, um, what's Alison Janney, right? Well, Alison Janney was my top fictive level. She's my obviously like ultimate hero on and off screen. But yeah, it was, it's, a, it's an interesting thought, not only who would play you, but who would play you, you know, up the chain. <laughs> Definitely. This will all make sense to anyone who's seen the first episode of Black Mirror and not much to anyone else. But we'll definitely get into that during our Black Mirror special where we will be talking about spoilers for the show. We don't want to give too many spoilers away. The only other thing I wanted to... I mean, the cast throughout the five episodes, such brilliant, brilliant talent involved in this. But Salma Hayek, oh my word, incredible in that first episode. So, so funny, so brilliant. Absolutely agree. And just, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, actually, but there's also another, like, just nod to another just a hugely successful actor in the first episode. And Do you think Charlie Brooker just walks into a room and is like, guys, this is who I need? And they're like, we'll get it done, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, the success of the show means that he pretty much has his pick, doesn't he? Which is amazing. Incredible. Well-deserved. Yeah, definitely. So... We will we will talk more about Black Mirror anon. Uh, I think Damo and Izzy are going to try and join us for uh, a Black Mirror special, and we will try and get that recorded at some point this week. So the other show we were going to talk about was uh, Best Interests, which had two episodes out uh, in the last week, and the final two episodes are coming out on Monday and Tuesday of this week at the time of recording. And my mum is a she's retired now, but she used to be a senior lecturer, and one of the courses that she ran was in palliative care. And she's she's been watching the show as well. So my mum is going to be our our surprise special guest for our our special on on best interests. But what what did you think of the show? You you watched the first episode, right? I literally just finished the first episode before sitting down and talking to you. It's tough. It is tough going, isn't it? Yes. It it's beautifully done. I think. I think it's sensitively done. I think the writing is sharp and sensitive, which is exactly what it needs to be. But, oh God, it is, yeah, <laughs> that's the noises I'm making. It's a drama about parents who are having to decide whether or not to keep their child alive via machines. So it is going to be a fairly harrowing watch in a lot of ways, just from the setup. But I think they do a really good job, actually, at keeping it. Not light is the wrong word, but they give you these moments from, from the past of the daughter's life. There's an element of joy within all of the sort of difficult watching that's that's going on uh, and Sharon Horgan and Michael Sheen absolutely superb in this and I was was broken a little bit by Sharon Horgan at the end of the first episode yeah for sure I, I think sort of the way that they've done the structure of it so they put the microscope on different characters within the family throughout the episode so you'll spend a bit more time with the mum Sharon Horgan's here, a bit more time with that a bit of time with the sister I think that's a really nice way of just breaking up the storytelling a little bit, making it sort of non-linear and jumping. It just makes it all kind of flow really nicely. And I think the addition of the sister character is really important. And I'm really glad they did that because I think the way that siblings have to go through these experiences is very different to the parents because they have a different relationship, right? The thing that I got, got most from the first episode is how, how much, like as much as they are a family, they are going through a lot of it on their own because they have to just sort of try and be strong and cope. It's it's hard, but I'm definitely going to watch it all. 
because I, I really like Jack Thorne, the writer. I love Sharon Horgan. You know, even though you're like, I don't think I can do this. You're like, yes, no, absolutely. I should watch it. So I'm going to watch it and hopefully join you with your mum. Oh, my God, Mrs. Hemming. <laughs> Celebrity. You can call her Laurie. Absolutely fine. I, I cannot. <laughs> really looking forward to, to chatting to mum about this. And I think it is a really, really valuable show, as well as being sort of really well created and, and interesting. So both Black Mirror and Best Interests are big recommendations from us. And you will have a little bit of time to get caught up on those shows before we record and release our specials on those. What else have you been watching, Grace? Well, just somebody somewhere, which I know I pop on about all the bloody time, but I'm still working through season two and, and really enjoying it. I, I'm really enjoying how some of the, not sub-characters, but smaller characters in season one are much bigger in season two. So Fred Rococo, who I loved in season one, is has got a much bigger part in season two and just really loving it still. Um, how far, I know you kind of watching that a little bit here and there. How far along are you? Uh, I've got two, I think it's seven episodes, isn't it? So I think I've just finished episode five. Nice. I've got a couple left. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm probably similar to you. It definitely feels like a bit of a dark, like a darker series. I just think, yeah, the simplicity of the storytelling is just so beautiful. Really enjoying that. And that, oh, I did watch a movie last night. I know this is a podcast about TV, but there is a relevance. It was called The American President. And it was basically Aaron Sorkin's first draft for the West Wing but it was kind of weird because the music was not quite the music but almost the music and it was filmed in the set that he built that was for the West Wing so it was exactly the same set except Martin Sheen was Leo McGarry, Nancy McNally was CJ Craig all, there were so many faces from the West Wing, but they were playing different roles within the White House. <laughs> it was all a bit uncanny. What year did this come out and, and what made you watch it now? I think, I think it came out like a year before the West Wing started. I don't know, my boyfriend was just like, I just really want, he just really wanted to see what it would be like. And it was quite fun. And it's, it's like a political romance, I'd call it, but Aaron Sorkin doing it. The writing of the women uh, left a little bit to be desired. But um, yeah, Martin Sheen playing the chief of staff. So him standing in the Oval Office, but not being the president, but being there was just very strange. And where can people watch this if they, if they so desire to see early Sorkin work? Oh yeah, early Sorkin, great question. I don't know. <laughs> what was it called? By the way, I just Googled American president. That's oh, yeah. it. I just got information about Joe Biden. <laughs> Hashtag Google fail. <laughs> it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. It says it's a touching love story. I don't know. Just go if you want it. It's like West Wing, but not the West Wing. I mean, there's talking fans out there. When, they, when you finish the West Wing, it does feel like there's a hole in your life, right? So Definitely. It's, it's a good a good tip, I think, for those West Wing fans. Go for it. What have you been watching? So, there was a couple of other new shows out this week that I have watched. So, I watched The Full Monty on <gasps> Disney+. Plus. I really love the opening to this. It opens with this, this sort of montage and it, you get these sort of captions that tell you it's 26 years since this happened and you see the, the guys stripping. And then it says, in that time, there have been seven prime ministers so many different sort of regeneration promises not kept, all of these different things. It really sets up 
the show as a state of the nation piece, which is what the Full Monty was originally. And that's very much where we are with, with this show. I've watched two episodes so far, and it is a tale of two episodes, because the first one, a lot of setting up of where the characters from the film are now. There's some clues to where we're headed. We're not huge amounts of plot. We're not headed to nudity. As I said, it's a state of the nation piece. And I don't think if anyone was concerned after last week's watch list that it would be six old men getting their kit off. Uh, I genuinely do not think that's going to happen. I wasn't concerned about that. And now I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I listened to a Robert Carlyle interview and uh, he was asked about it. And he said, literally, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> it is fair. But I guess what is... Yeah, my question for you, having seen two episodes, then what is it about? So it's really about these characters in Sheffield and what it's like for them growing old in varying different circumstances. So they're all, they have all gone in different ways. Lomper, who was the security guard in the film, he's now running a cafe called Big Baps, which was probably the thing that I found most amusing about the first episode. They have to change the name of it. A little bit of a spoiler. They get uh, some criticism. Mark Addy's character is now a caretaker in the school with his wife as the headmistress of the school. And Robert Carlyle's Gaz is sort of still very, very similarly getting up to various escapades. What it does well, I think, is introduces a whole load of new characters. So you get the younger generation and there's some really good and interesting characters and, and situations that develop out of that. So it's about growing old and about growing up and about communication and about education and about poverty in Sheffield. First episode I didn't find particularly funny, but I thought episode two was much, much better. Having set everything up, there's a really lovely relationship between Mark Addy's Dave and a character called Dean, uh, who's a student in the school. It's so much better when it's not trying to be funny. It's got genuinely touching moments and some really lovely, authentic performances from the supporting cast. Uh, it's really interesting seeing these characters have aged up. Tom Wilkinson's voice is very, very gravelly now, but they're all really good actors. And I'm curious to see where it goes. I've got some thoughts and theories about where I think it's going to go. I was encouraged by episode two. So I think if you watch episode one and you think, it's okay, give the second one a watch and, and see. And I will, I'm going to continue watching, so I will, I will report back on it. Are they clever with any throwbacks or are they sort of just trying to distance themselves? For example, you know, does Tom Wilkinson have garden gnomes? Uh, I, have I been, there haven't been sort of huge callbacks that I've noticed yet. I think they've been clever in the way they've, they've enabled those characters to still be in contact with each other in a believable way. And the sort of, yeah, different characters have different links to each other for different reasons. And some of them have fallen out as well. So I hope, I think so far, and I hope that the show has a value in and of itself without the film. But I think the film is a good sort of background to, to the series. I mean, the film is obviously amazing, but they should be companion pieces, really, rather than a sort of sequel. Mm. Okay, sounds good. Well, I'm, I'm, you know what, I'm glad. I am yeah. glad because I want I wanted it to be good. Yes, it's not shit. Put that on a poster. <laughs> the other new one that I've watched, I've only watched one of these, is Count Abdullah, which is the comedy show on I want to say ITVX. I'm pretty sure it is about a Muslim young Muslim doctor 
becoming a vampire. I think it's a great concept. I think the first episode shows a lot of promise. It was good fun without being particularly funny, but there is lots of humour in there about wokeness and some, you know, some sharp bits within it, not just the teeth on the vampire. It was good. It hasn't made the must-watch list because that is still fairly long, but I could definitely go for a bit more of Count Abdullah. And if anyone else has watched more than the first episode and wants to tell me how great it is, please do. A couple of bits I finished quickly. I finished Poker Face. Some really lovely Peter Pan references in the final episode. Very well set up for season two. Yes, thoroughly enjoyed. Can highly, highly recommend Poker Face. But not really much more I can say that hasn't already been said on that one. And I've also finished City on Fire, which was the Apple TV show that I started some weeks ago. Uh, This was kind of set in New York shortly after 9-11. It's it's about this music group who are also politically radical and it's the wealthy Manhattanites and and this shooting that happens and how they're all sort of brought together through this one character. It fell off a cliff, basically, in the final couple of episodes, mainly dialogue-wise, but everything that was cool and quirky about the characters became annoying and unbelievable. Of course. Moments that should have been tense and exciting fell flat and it became tropetastically predictable. So I was so disappointed by the ending of it. I think despite all of that, there's a lovely depiction of New York still reeling from the fall of the Twin Towers and the scenes between the genuinely brilliant Wyatt Olaf and Chase Sweet Wonders are the best ones in it. So... I don't feel like I wasted my time with the show. There was definitely elements of it that I really enjoyed, but there's there's better shows out there. Unfortunately, it didn't. It didn't finish well. Disappointing ending to City on Fire. But if you've got Apple TV and you've paid your subscription and you're there's value in the show still. The last one I want to talk about then is uh, Upright, which was one of my watch list shows recommended by Izzy Dixon. I've got three that I haven't really spoken about very much. And I will probably wait until, I certainly will wait until Damien's on before I talk about Gamora and Underbelly. But I do want to recommend Highly Upright, if anyone hasn't watched it already. This is the Tim Minchin and Millie Alcock, Alcock? Millie Alcock. It's their sort of road trip story across Australia with a piano. I mean, Millie Alcock is just so incredibly watchable. Really, really brilliant. If you enjoyed her in House of the Dragon, then I think you will thoroughly enjoy Upright. And yeah, Tim, Tim, Tim Minchin is really good. I don't think I've seen him on TV in much, Tim Minchin. Obviously, I know more of his music and bits like that. But um, he's a really good actor, I think. I would like to have seen him do more. Yeah, I don't actually think I've seen any TV with Tim, Tim Minchin in. Yeah, he's great. He's really brilliant. You know, I think it's, it's definitely time well spent. These are quite short episodes. I, again, I think if you liked somebody somewhere then you probably will enjoy Upright as well. So yeah, very grateful to Izzy for suggesting this one. And I've got a few more to go. So I'll update again when I've finished it. Shall we move on then to what's coming soon? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so there is a fair bit. Do you want to kick us off with The Change? I'd love to. So this is The Change. It's out on the 21st of June on Channel 4. Linda, played by Bridget Christie, who I really like, has an existential crisis at 50 years old after being informed she started the menopause. 
She finds her old Triumph motorcycle and goes on a pilgrimage around her old haunts in the Forest of Dean. Also stars Lisa Tarbuck. Brilliant. Omid Jalali, Jim Howick, Monica Dolan, Tanya Moody, Jerome Flynn and Paul Whitehouse. I think this sounds quite fun. I've seen the trailer to this. It looks quite fun. Yeah, I'm up for this. I think it's uh, what a brilliant cast as well. I mean, Bridget Christie, I think, I believe has written this as well. So it's sort of created by her. And not a topic that you see depicted much on TV. We had a, a show at The Space last year that was about the menopause. And I think it is largely a topic that's ignored in most media. When women turn 45, Adam, they cease to exist. I don't know if you knew that. Well, quite, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think it sounds, I, again, yeah, I've watched the trailer as well. And I'm, and I'm definitely up for watching The Change on Channel 4. I mean, you know, we've had the messy millennial woman. Let's get the messy menopausal woman on the screen. I'm totally down. Absolutely. Well, we'll be watching this one then. So the other show that's coming out on the 21st of June, Grace, is Secret Invasion on Disney+. Oh Plus. Yes, this is based on the, on the popular comic book event. It's part of what's called the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> and speaking, Grace, of good casts, this sees Samuel L. Jackson return as Nick Fury, with Ben Mendelsohn as the Skrull, Talos, and you've also got Don Cheadle coming back as War Machine, Martin Freeman reprising his role in the MCU, none other than Olivia Coleman and Amelia Clark. Blooming heck. That's some pretty heavyweight cast there. Big time. I mean, it, the only thing I understand in that whole paragraph is the cast names. Okay, so you don't know what a scroll is? No. Who's Nick Fury? What's a Talos? Right, well, Nick Fury is, is kind of a super spy, essentially, is what he is. So he's, he was the man in the background who formed the Avengers, had worked for a, a spy organisation called S.H.I.E.L.D., essentially. Um, the Skrulls are uh, shape-changing aliens, uh, yep. so they can take anybody else's form. And in the comic books, the Skrulls were one of the earliest alien races. Uh, they they came up against the Fantastic Four, and I can't really remember the details, but there was one storyline where a small group of them were made to believe they were cows and lived on Earth as cows. But they're basically the, the, the most popular, well-known alien race in Marvel comics. Now, Secret Invasion in the comic book world was a huge crossover storyline where it emerged that there were sleeper scrolls embedded in every corner of the Marvel Universe, which caused widespread fear and paranoia, because literally anybody could be a scroll in disguise. The Secret Invasion storyline meant that some characters that had been presumed dead before were able to come back to life because it turned out that scrolls had abducted them and taken their place, so they weren't really dead. Basically, what we're looking at here is comic book the traitors. Yes. Or, you know, or the Cylons in Battlestar Galactica, if that's uh, any, any more helpful as an analogy. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> in the MCU, it's done a little bit differently. The Skrulls first appeared in Captain Marvel, and they're by and large considered to be good guys. So they teamed up with Nick Fury and Captain Marvel, and some of the Skrulls, including... Ben Mendelssohn's Talos took Fury's place on Earth whilst he worked from a space station. So what we're looking at with this Secret Invasion TV show 
is very much a spy thriller. Yes. So it's less kind of superheroes in in tights and spandex, more sort of spy thriller with a little bit of an alien race mixed in. I mean, if you're into that, it sounds great. <laughs> I'm not going to convince you to make it a, a watch list episode for next week then. No, but I am happy to see Amelia Clark as is there. I've been a bit worried about her since Game of Thrones final season. So I'm I'm happy to see her there. Couldn't tempt you to watch just the first one and see what you thought? I watched Black Panther last weekend. I, I'm done for a bit. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But, um, you know, your excitement of this suggests that this is a kind of a big deal. Well, I think if Izzy and Neil are up for watching uh, Secret Invasion, which I'm, I'm pretty sure they will be, then then maybe we could have a, a side conversation about Secret Invasion next week on the watch list. I am very, very happy to have The Change or this next show as our watch list episode, though, because I'm definitely going to be watching them both. The other show coming out this week, Grace, is I'm a Virgo on Prime Video, which is coming out on Friday the 23rd of June. This is from Boots Riley who's an American filmmaker uh, who made the film Sorry to Bother You, which I haven't seen, but apparently it's quite a, a wacky, brilliant film. This is a darkly comedic, fantastical coming-of-age series about a 13-foot-tall young black man in Oakland, California. Whoa, that sounds fun. It does. I think it is going to be off the wall, definitely, as a show. But I watched the trailer for this and it just looks brilliant. I'm very excited about I'm a Virgo. I'm I'm sensing the change is probably the show that you're most likely to watch out these next week. I think so, yeah. And I think what we're finding here is the perils of only having one other TV DNA host on the podcast. (laughs) But no, I will be watching all three of those shows. What else is coming out this week there, Grace? So, Dr. Death. We've spoken about this before, I think, Dr. Death. It comes to Channel 4 on the 20th of June. I think Damien's seen it. How has Damien seen it? Because it was previously on Lionsgate Plus or some such weird and random offshoot of Prime Video or a channel that you can only get if you're on Prime Video or something like that. It was somewhere else and Damo watched it. I think he watched at least one episode. I can't remember whether he continued with it or not. But yes, this is uh, obviously a, a stunning cast. You've got Joshua Jackson, Christian Slater and Alec Baldwin in this. Yeah, and it's based on a true crime drama based on the shocking real life events surrounding a Texas surgeon who earned the nickname Dr. Death for his maiming of more than 30 patients between 2012 and 2013. Jesus, my cursor was hovering over the date 2013 there. One year. That's a lot of patients. That's horrendous. I do remember listening to a podcast about this, actually, when I was cleaning the box office at the space. <laughs> stuff. I'm going to try either have to ask Damo or listen back to our podcast back catalogue, which everyone obviously should do to try and find out whether it's <laughs> worth watching. But um, I do like Joshua Dact and Christian Slater. So maybe, maybe if there's time. Also out this week, Grace, is And Just Like That which is the Sex and the City spin-off, apparently. It's coming out for season two on Sky Comedy slash Now TV on the 22nd of June. Yeah, it is. You excited? No, <laughs> not remotely. I'm very excited about this. We've spoken about this before and just like that. I was hesitant about it, but actually by the end of season one, I was on board. 
and I'm, I'm looking forward to season two. And it's been, I think this last week was 25 years since the first episode of Sex and the City. So there's been a lot of, a lot of celebration about the original series and what a pioneer it was at the time in terms of representing women on screen. Obviously, you know, it's, it falls short in lots of ways by modern standards, but at the time it was pretty, pretty shocking at times. So it's been quite nice to revisit that just ahead of this. You know, no one else is going to watch it. I'm just going to have to do like little 15 minute monologues for the for the, t- the TV DNA <laughs> hardcore and just like that fans of which there are probably about 10. <laughs> I mean, I definitely heard that the first season got better as it went on. And, I, you know, and it was on a very, very long list of things that I might have watched and never got around to it. But yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to listen to you talk and, and tell me about whether it's any good or not. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, season one definitely, definitely got better. The first couple of episodes were quite difficult to watch. I think it was finding its feet in quite a substantial way. But once it landed, it was really fun. So yeah, looking forward to this. And Sex and the City was was an absolutely massive, massive show. And yeah, as you say, hugely important for many reasons. Uh, tangentially linked to this is a show coming out on Netflix this week called Glamorous, because it features in it Kim Cattrall playing legendary makeup mogul Madeline Addison. Uh, the show is, um, did I say that it's called Glamorous? I think I did. You did, you did. <laughs> the show tells the story of Marco, played by Miss Benny, a young gender non-conforming queer man whose life seems to be stuck in place until he lands a job working for Madeline Addison. Again, I've watched the trailer for this and I think it does look a lot of fun. I think this is Kim Cattrall having a ball. Yeah, I think it looks like a really good, fun queer show. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also have obviously been shown the trailer many times by algorithms and happy with it. It kind of feels like a bit like a, a modern ugly Betty meets the devil wears Prada, which I think if you're into anything like that, you should definitely give this a go. And having Kim Cattrall back on our screens is nothing but joy so yeah this this looks quite fun grand and finally uh, ruby speaking is an itvx comedy about a call center worker starring jade adams amongst a whole load of other people comes out on thursday the 22nd of june i am probably going to give this a little watch because i used to work in a call center have you ever never a call center no i was very much a, a, a waitress many many establishments but yeah how was the call center days uh well I worked for Ticketmaster not a plug but um yeah they don't need it (laughs) largely during my my university days and then I became uh, I worked in custom services and then and then training and stuff Uh, yeah it, it wasn't so bad because we had people calling us for tickets rather than us making cold calls to other people so I think my call center days were probably better than than some that others have had to endure as a, a rite of passage almost. Definitely. And but you know, Jade Adams, she's having such a moment at the moment, I think. You know, I think she's in a new movie. I can't remember what it's called. She's just done her big tour around the UK comedy tour. She's in this. And I'm I'm here for it. Definitely here for it. Cool. So that's Ruby speaking on ITVX on Thursday, the 22nd of June. ITVX having a really good run of comedies at the moment. Some nice stuff coming out from there. There's a little bit of news, Grace. One I know that you'll be incredibly excited to hear that somebody somewhere has been confirmed for season three. Come on, guys. This is great. This is great news. Oh, brill. Almost exciting as that is the news that Silo 
has been renewed for season two. Damo and I uh, speculated about this in our Silo special, which is out now. You can listen to me and Damien talking about the first seven episodes of Silo. It's been renewed for a second season, uh, which is great news. Get on it, people. Watch Silo on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, it will be worth your time. My sister is loving Silo and annoyed with me that she can't talk to me about it because I've really got to get on that. In the play at the moment on my watch list is Deadlock. Really want to carry on with that. Silo. And then the big one is Yellow Jackets. That's hanging over me. Yeah, yeah. I Silo and uh, Deadlock, I'm also really enjoying continuing watching that one. It is really, really good. So much great stuff. What succession? <laughs> it feels like so long ago now, Succession. If you are just finishing watching Succession, obviously you can go back and listen to our Succession podcast episodes, which were a lot of fun to record. We've also got a whole load of other shows that we've recorded on, including Better Call Saul, Happy Valley, uh, House of the Dragon, The Last of Us, a whole load of different stuff. And as we said at the top, we're going to have some new specials coming soon on Black Mirror and Best Interests. Those will both be one-offs. I think Damien and I are definitely going to do a silo wrap-up at the end of the season. But we still don't yet know what we're going to do as our episode-by-episode show. Been a bit of a lull with those. I mean, we decided we were going to take a bit of a break, given that we did so many before. But hopefully soon we will have news. If you want to get in touch with us and tell us what you've been watching, you can do so on the social media at tvdnapod or by email at tvdnapod at gmail.com do give us a rating and a review if you've enjoyed and found value in these podcast watch list episodes thanks very much for listening goodbye grace bye